I still remember where I was the first time it hit me. I maybe do have ADHD. And it's funny, I posted a TikTok the other day about having ADHD and a good friend of mine texted me and said, remember when you swore to me you didn't have ADHD? Oh, goodness. Well, listen, if you relate to that at any point in your life, I want to share a podcast that you should tune into. It's called ADHD Aha, hosted by Laura Key. It's candid stories from people who share the moment it clicked that they or someone they know has ADHD. In each episode, you'll hear heartfelt interviews about the unexpected emotional and even funny ways that ADHD symptoms can surface for adults. And it doesn't always look the way we thought it would. So check it out. To listen to ADHD AHA, search for ADHD AHA in your podcast app. That's ADHD AHA with AHA spelled A-H-A. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. Welcome to Struggle Care, the podcast about, for today, about decluttering and your emotional attachment to items. So I want to talk a minute about this. And I got a question recently where somebody said, do you have any advice for going through boxes of stuff that I'm emotionally attached to? So I was talking on a an online video about sort of going through what I refer to as doom boxes. I heard that somewhere and it stands for didn't organize, only moved. So these are just those boxes of things that we started chucking things in because they had nowhere to go. And eventually we try to get ourselves to go through them and to organize the things. And organizing often goes hand in hand with decluttering. And so when we're talking about getting rid of things, that's typically what we mean when we talk about decluttering. And so I kind of wanted to hone in on decluttering, about how to get rid of things. Because it's not as simple as, do I need it or do I want it? We often have some really valid emotional context to look at there. And so I want to sort of talk about why you would want to declutter that's important to start. And the only purpose of decluttering is because you feel as though your space would be more functional if you had fewer things in it. I am not someone that believes that minimalism is some sort of morally superior state. I think that you should not get rid of things just because you feel pressured to live a certain way because of a certain aesthetic. But for some people, they feel like minimalism is going to help them. For other people, they are maybe what I call functional maximalists. I always find that the best thing to do before I start is to identify what I am going to do with things that I don't want. And so I will sit down and make a list of things, sorry, of places that I can donate to, places that I can sell. And so I'll just sort of sit down and go, okay, well, obviously I can sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace. There are buy nothing, sell nothing groups on Facebook. I have a Goodwill drop-off near me. There's a, I'll write down the number of a junk hauling company for big things. The Salvation Army in my neighborhood does donation pickup. There is a foster family closet in my neighborhood that takes gently used toys, secondhand clothing stores, there are half-price bookstores. It can really help to sit down and just write down ideas about where these things could go when you decide that you don't want them. And being realistic about, you know, I tend to rely on things that will come to my house and get them. (laughs) And then I also find it handy to have like a pad or a paper with me for project ideas because as I'm going through and taking stuff out and deciding how to declutter, like it really trips me up to be like emptying out a closet and then seeing like some sewing stuff and then be like, how cool would it be to create a little sewing caddy and I could get this and I could get that and then I'll get totally diverted by 
a project idea and leave the whole mess there. So I just jot those projects down knowing that I can come back to them, but that's not what I'm doing now. And then make some goals about kind of why am I doing this? Maybe I just want my home to feel less overwhelming. Maybe I want it to be quicker to tidy, whatever. And as we go through these categories of things and we try to declutter, I there's lots of different methods. You can go room by room. You can go space by space. You can go category by category. And what I mean by that is you can say, okay, I'm going to declutter my kitchen. Or you can say, I'm going to declutter my dishes. And then like you would get all your dishes together, even if they weren't all in the kitchen. And I find it helpful to kind of put everything out. So like when I decided to declutter really anything, let's say children's Tylenol. I had some downstairs. I had some upstairs. I had some in a bin. I had some in a basket. I had some on a shelf. And once I got all of, and really just anything like medications, I realized I had so many medications and I put them together. And then you can sort of pare down from there. And there's really no right or wrong way to go about deciding what to get rid of. Everybody's goals are different. Remember that any amount of excess that you can declutter will make your life more functional. So we're aiming for progress rather than perfection. But let's get down to brass tacks about what, how do we actually decide how to get rid of things. So when looking at, we're going to pick sort of a category. And I have an, a download online if you want to go look at this that'll take you through categories where it'll just tell you like, okay, number one, medicines. Let's get all of our medicines and look at them. Number two, cups, all the cups. Number three, all the silverware. And it takes you through there's several categories, right? But how do we make those decisions? And I think the first easy step for me, because I am someone whose executive functioning sometimes struggles, I have to take big projects and break them into small, simple one question steps. So my first question I always ask myself when I'm looking at something is, is it broken? So I remove everything that's broken, expired, anything that's missing pieces, anything that is unusable. For example, you know, you don't need nine contact lenses cases if you only have caps for three of them, right? And then the next thing is that I find that it's really difficult for me to choose what to get rid of so try flipping that question around and instead asking yourself, what do you want to keep? If you're looking at a pile of things, whether it's your medicines or your coffee cups or your clothes, I like to start by picking out the items that are currently serving a functional role in my life. So what are the things that I'm using at least once a month? And then decide on how many of those items you need, right? So if I say, okay, I use my spatula daily, then I can decide, okay, so having two or three of them is great in case one of them gets dirty. But if I decide that I have 10 of them, I might not want 10. I also use my beauty blender every day, but I really only need one beauty blender, okay? Then we're going to pick out items from that category that are seasonally used. So in my kitchen, it might be like my turkey roasting pan or in your medicine cabinet, your flu medicine. For me, like my cat carriers, because my cats go to the vet like once a year. And then just pull anything out of that pile that makes you really happy. And then your pile now contains either things that you almost never use or things that you don't want. And this is where a lot of people have trouble because there are things that you might use in that pile. And there are things that you feel anxious getting rid of, things that you don't want, but you feel guilty of getting rid of. And this is kind of getting into this question that I was asked. And so before we get to getting rid of sentimental things or things we feel really attached to, I want to give a couple of other questions that are really helpful, which I heard an organizer say one time, can this thing be replaced in 20 minutes or $20? And that's like her threshold for whether she gets rid of something. And you can pick your own threshold. Maybe it's $50 or an hour. Maybe it's five minutes or $5. 
And when it comes to that item, is the bigger benefit to me the freedom of having it gone or the security of knowing it's there? So what is going to be a bigger benefit to me? The freedom of having it gone or the security of knowing it's there? So put another way, like, is the frustration of having this item contributing to clutter all the time better than the frustration I might experience once a year if I don't need it and have to go buy it or borrow it? Because we're really just picking which inconvenient experience is going to be more functional for us mentally. And there's no wrong answer. For things that we don't want but we feel really getting rid of, here's some questions that I ask myself. Number one, will this person know that I have gotten rid of this? That matters. Because sometimes they will. Sometimes that, you know, cousin or mother-in-law or neighbor is going to come over and be like, where's that thing I gave you? But a lot of times the answer is no. So am I really thinking about something that impacts my social dynamics or someone else's feelings? Or is this purely a discomfort within myself that I'm struggling with? Sometimes that helps me make the call, okay? So like in this person's example, she's looking at these things and there may be some guilt of getting rid of something, but her parents aren't going to know. It's really just a discomfort she's experiencing. I've never met a free trial I didn't like or a budget I didn't listen to, which is why Rocket Money is perfect for me. And it might be perfect for you too. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. And they send me emails keeping me updated with where I am on that budget. Rocket Money will even try and negotiate lower bills for you up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users. They can find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, and they have saved people over a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash struggle. That's rocketmoney.com slash struggle rocketmoney.com slash struggle. Hey, if you enjoyed my episode on IEPs and you want to listen to more podcast episodes about IEPs, I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. You might have heard me talk about IEPs on my episode, and this latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I checked out these episodes, and I think that they are a great place for you to go after listening to mine. They go into a little more detail and answer a little more in depth about what an IEP is and whether your child needs one. So listen to Understood Explains by searching for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And here's another really great one. If I get rid of this, will I feel guilty momentarily or will I feel guilty for a long time? And then the next question is the guilt I will feel getting rid of this heavier than the weight I feel having it around. And remember, there are no wrong answers to these. No wrongs, no rights, especially for this listener who's asking about the box of things that her parents had. That was the context of this question that she asked. A bunch of boxes of things from her parents who have now passed and she had complicated relationships with them. Is the weight of getting is the guilt she will feel getting rid of them heavier than the weight she'll feel with it being around? I think that's kind of interesting. So let's talk about that emotional context. It's really important to honor your own emotional context. I know that it is the trendy thing to talk about minimalism. I know that it is 
put out there as though being minimalist is somehow emotionally more healthy. But the reality is, if you have experienced resource scarcity in your life, you're just not going to be as comfortable with getting rid of tons of things as somebody else. That's okay. Minimalism is not morally superior to functional maximalism. As long as your home is functioning, keeping extra stuff around because it helps you feel less anxious is totally fine. Just like getting rid of stuff so that you can feel less anxious is totally fine. We're just aiming for functioning. If you feel too anxious to get rid of anything and your home isn't functioning because of it, that's the point at which you may want to reach out for support. You may want to reach out to a mental health provider for some extra support when you're trying to declutter. If you've really been struggling on creating a functional home, I think that giving yourself permission to not sell and donate things is really important. To just put them on the curb, to just throw them away, just pick whatever avenue gets you decluttered the fastest. If the amount of clutter in your home is impacting your daily functioning, you need to pick whatever avenue gets you decluttered the fastest. There isn't any point in decluttering only for bags and boxes of things to sit around for six months because you can't get around to donating them or selling them. And if you'd like, you can give yourself a time frame. You can say, okay, I'm giving myself a week to donate these things. And if I don't get it done, then I'm going to throw it away. And at the end of the day, if you're just not ready to get rid of something, keep it. There's no should. There's nothing to feel guilty about. Any progress in making your home less overwhelming to live in, to clean, to function is progress. And I think when it comes to something that you feel emotionally attached to, I always like to say that I want to keep sentimental items out of joy, not out of guilt. If I had a special relationship with someone, I don't think that that relationship is honored by adding those feelings of burden and guilt. I want to honor the relationship with joy. And so keep the things that make you happy. However, sometimes we do want to get rid of a formally sentimental item and realize that it's not the living with it that's hard, but the actual act of getting rid of it. So, for example, let's say that you have a 100 love letters that your grandparents wrote to each other. Your grandparents aren't around anymore. They're not going to know whether you have them or don't have them. But it just feels wrong to throw them in the trash. And so first, we're going to take a an approach that's not black or white. What if you decided to keep a few select letters and frame them? Put them in a box where they can be displayed or in a scrapbook. That's a place where, you know, because you're not going to be looking at these letters if there's a hundred of them in a box somewhere, but you can take pieces of them, samples of them and display them or honor them in some way. And now, okay, now, you know, you don't need or want the other 88, but how do you bring yourself to throw them in the trash? And I want to share with you something that helped me. I ran into this issue when I was getting rid of some items and letters that I still had from my first boyfriend as a teenager. And this relationship still had and has a very special place in my heart. But I was getting ready to get married and I needed to get rid of some things. And it just, I no longer felt the need for it to have a special place in my house. But I could not bring myself to put those items in the trash. So what I did was I set up a time with a good friend of mine. And I asked her if I could sit with her and bring my box and if I could tell her about all of these items. And we sat together and I opened the box and I told her all the stories, all of these letters and items and things that really represented the story of our relationship. And I told her all of the beautiful memories and all of the tragedies that that relationship held and the impact that it had on my younger self. And when it was finished, I gave her the box and she took it with her. 
And while I intellectually know that she probably threw it in the trash, I mean, she's not going to keep my old love letters and, and sentimental items. It just felt right with my spirit that I was not the one doing so. It felt very honoring. It felt very sacred to honor the memory of that relationship and then to hand over the box and to have that moment of this will always have a special place in my heart, but it doesn't need to have a special place in my house. And so I want to encourage you to think about honoring those things from your parents in those boxes. You don't have to go through any of those boxes if you don't want to. It doesn't have to be sacred. It's just stuff. If you don't want it to be sacred, it's not. And if you do, it is. And so you can put those boxes on the curb without looking at them ever again, and you're fine. Or you can open them up and go through them and invite a trusted friend over and tell them the memories and the tragedies and allow them to take those things from there. So that would be my recommendation. And before I let you go, let me just tell you some things that I've learned about getting rid of clothes, because that is a hard one. Okay, there's no right or wrong way, remember, but I want to tell you what has happened with me for clothes. First step, I remove all clothes that are torn, stained, or unwearable. Number two, I removed all of the clothes that did not fit. You might be someone that experiences weight fluctuations that go up and down, and you may legitimately need a couple of sizes on hand, but we all know the difference between the functional need for a few sizes and when we are holding on to something for aspirational purposes. You deserve to have a closet that dresses the body that you have not the body that you wish you had or the body you used to have. Your body is not supposed to fit into clothes. Clothes are supposed to fit on your body. So after we get rid of the things that don't fit us, holding on to any functional needs for weight fluctuations, then I like to move on to removing clothes that are not my style. If you remove the clothes that are not your style, but just set them aside in their own pile, because this is where we're going to be removing gifts, styles that we've outgrown, and most importantly, anything that you bought to cover your body just because you believed that you did not deserve to look trendy or cute or sexy or handsome because of the size or shape of your body. This is the step where I finally pitched all of the oversized matronly shirts that I was using to hide my belly. And then, then next, we're going to look at our closet and decide how many clothes we would like to have. You can decide. You might want to pare things down so you're not as overwhelmed by laundry or paralyzed by decisions when it comes to getting ready in the morning. You might decide that you love having tons of options and that a big wardrobe is functional for you. You might decide that you have so much trouble with laundry that you need to have three weeks worth of underwear on hand in case you don't do laundry for that long. When you have a sense of how big of a wardrobe you want, first pare down your duplicates as needed. For example, if you have seven pairs of jeans, you might decide that you really only wear three of them regularly so you can get rid of four of them. You might also decide that having three blue sweaters is not necessary. However, you might decide that jeans and blue sweaters are your favorite comfort outfit and decide to keep all of them and get rid of other clothes instead because you just want to wear jeans and blue sweaters every day. And if you find that after steps one through three, you don't have enough comfortable clothes for a functional wardrobe or you don't have the budget to invest in more clothes, now you can add back in some of those clothes that fit but just maybe aren't your style or not your favorite because you can take a long term approach to, you know, when you buy something that you like, that fits you well, sort of swapping it out for that old thing that's really just existing in your closet. And that's how I deal with clothes. So I hope that that is helpful. Again, if you want a checklist of those categories and some tips, you can download those on my website, strugglecare.com. But I hope that that has helped you with your functional space journey. Until next time. 
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 